Welcome to Pod Planet, a place where things happen that may sound unbelievable, strange, incredible. If you've ever wondered if you were weird or strange or the odd man out, these stories will restore your belief that there are indeed people out there who are weirder, stranger, and odder than you ever imagined. Perhaps you'll find some comfort in that. Bear in mind, Every story from Pod Planet is between 83 and 100% true. These are stories we have experienced, survived, and lived to tell about. Let us begin. Pod Planet presents Nighttime at the Slaughterhouse. Let me say first, there is no safe job at a packing plant. This particular life lesson was impressed upon me when I got a summer job at the local slaughterhouse. The process of turning a living, breathing barnyard animal into a pork chop or a honey-smoked ham, anyone can see how that could be dangerous. Lots of people who worked there were missing an eye or a thumb or a couple of teeth. It was usually the result of an accident involving a heavy metal chain link conveyor belt that snapped and started whipping around. Or sometimes, a worker would accidentally slice himself with the professionally sharpened knives they used to cut up the best parts of the animal. And some jobs were more dangerous than others. But there was no safe haven at the slaughterhouse, not even for a mild-mannered security guard who worked the late night shift, he had nothing to do with the Upton Sinclair-like dangers of the packing plant's production line. So there I was. No internship on Wall Street or in Silicon Valley for me. No, no. Instead, I found summer employment back home at the biggest hog processing facility in North America. 600 acres big, 64 aging factory buildings, mostly stone or brick, in various states of decay. And there was parking for 500 or so pickup trucks. So, back to my introduction to the meatpacking industry. My first job at the packing plant was as a pork loin grater. Pork loin grater. It sounds like you walk around with a clipboard and grade the pork. No, that wasn't the deal. I had to be in position at 6 a.m. A bell would ring, and raw, slippery sides of pig would start sliding down a chute. I weighed them quickly, then threw them into one of three vats according to weight. The slabs of untrimmed ribs just kept sliding down the stainless steel tube from the cutting room, one floor above. After about a month of pork loin grating, I developed a large lump on my wrist the result of tossing 30-pound sides of pork 10 hours a day. I went to the company nurse, who said I couldn't do the job anymore. You have RSS, repetitive stress syndrome, she informed me. We see it a lot. So, they gave me a new assignment. I became the second shift truck waymaster. I sat in a small booth by the entry gate on a tall metal stool from 4 p.m. to midnight. Easy job. It worked like this. 
An empty 18-wheeler would slowly roll through the front gate and onto a large scale. I'd press a button on my Waymaster machine and record the truck's empty weight. A couple of hours later, the truck would drive back onto the scale, full of bacon and breakfast sausages. I'd weigh the fully loaded truck, hand the driver a printout, and off he'd go. The booth I sat in, and here's where the story takes a dark turn. The booth was also where the packing plant security guards clocked in and out. Security would arrive a little before midnight, just as I was getting ready to finish. Early one morning, I got a phone call from the foreman, a tough ex-Marine, who said he needed to see me right away. Driving to the slaughterhouse, I wondered what I'd done wrong. The foreman looked really concerned and ordered me to be seated. Did you notice anything different about Chester last night? Chester was a midnight security guard. No, not really, I said. Chester checked in on time. We talked for a little bit. Then I left to go home. Are you sure? The foreman asked. Chester didn't seem a little funny or anything? Well, when Chester arrived for work, he appeared to be okay. But apparently, things had gone south quickly after I left. I didn't know what the foreman's issue with Chester was until I saw the TV news coverage later that day. Live, local, late breaking. Apparently, Chester spent the midnight shift polishing off an extra-large thermos of off-brand 150-proof vodka he'd brought along with his lunchbox. Then, when Chester got off work the next morning, he drove to a strip mall convenience store. But instead of slowing down, Chester drove up and over the concrete parking barrier. He crashed through the convenience store's plate glass front window. The TV news report went on to say Chester stopped just short of the potato chip aisle. As the shoppers in the store scattered, Chester slowly backed out through the plate glass window. Still wearing his security guard uniform, Chester left the car running and ducked through the giant hole in the glass he'd created. He calmly picked up a six-pack of beer and went to pay for it at the checkout counter, as if nothing was wrong. After the convenience store refused to sell Chester his beer, he walked back out through the window he'd smashed and got into his car. Then Chester threw his car into reverse, just in time to have a fender bender with a patrol car the police had dispatched to check on the disturbance at the convenience store. After the fender bender, Chester apparently chose to complain about the policeman's driving. Your damn cop car, it come flying out of nowhere, Chester told the officers. As one security professional to another, you boys should watch where the heck you're going. Oh, Chester. Chester, Chester, Chester. That probably wasn't the most advisable response under the circumstances. Unfortunately for Chester, the entire incident was recorded on closed-circuit cameras, crashing through the glass, trying to buy beer, and his attempt to exit the parking lot in an effort to beat a hasty retreat. 
So there I was, six hours later, sitting at home in rapt silence, glued to the local TV news coverage of the convenience store crash. The footage ended with Chester, in handcuffs, being loaded into the back of a police cruiser. After that, I didn't see Chester for a couple of weeks. When he finally showed up, back at the packing plant, Chester was no longer a security guard. He was a union member, after all. And union members, apparently, aren't easy to get rid of. Anyway, as a penance for his transgressions, Chester was assigned what was apparently the worst, most labor-intense job at the slaughterhouse. Chester was the new pork loin grater. Slinging slabs of ribs every morning at 6 a.m. You know, my old job. You've been listening to Pod Planet Season 1. Pod Planet is written and produced by Peter McHugh and Clive Desmond. Audio and digital support for Pod Planet comes from Oliver Wickham and Aidan Vickery, two of the best and brightest young minds in audio today. Theme music for Pod Planet Season 1 was composed and produced by Richard Suddy, aka Telegraphy, from Detroit. Look for Telegraphy's FMA link in the credits section of our webpage. Richard Suddy is an amazing artist, and you'll want to hear more Telegraphy. Every Pod Planet episode contains some fantastic original music much of which is courtesy FMA. If you'd like to hear or know more about the composers from this or any episode of Pod Planet, look for their links in the episode credits section of our webpage. These musicians are amazing and you'll want to take a listen to their work. And special thanks again to FMA.org. And if you haven't subscribed to Pod Planet yet, subscribe now. Go to our webpage, podplanet.org, podplanet's one word, and click on subscribe or hit follow on whatever podcatcher app you're using. You'll find Pod Planet on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, iTunes, Lipson, YouTube, and many others. And follow Pod Planet on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Links on our webpage. Pod Planet is part of PRX, the Public Radio Exchange. So if you're a radio station that would like to add Pod Planet to your schedule, look us up at prx.org. PRX can set it all up. We love to hear from listeners, so please leave your thoughts or questions in the comments section on our webpage. And be sure to recommend Pod Planet to your friends. Send them our link, podplanet.org. Pod Planet would like to thank Lydia, Lola, and Tattoo Sound and Music in Toronto, as well as extra special thanks to Monique Kelly for her guidance, insight, and never-ending support. This is Pod Planet Season 1. We'll be back in two weeks with a new and startling episode. Until then, on behalf of Peter McHugh and the whole Pod Planet team, thanks for listening. I'm Clive Desmond. <laughs>